the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Jesse Gestand. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gestand. Yes, sir. And I am glad to be in the house with you for the next two hours on this very post-Sunday night, very windy, um, almost eerily windy uh, evening that basically dismantled all the leaves and uh, loose branches from the trees around my house so that I am... uh, I am encumbered with the kind of labor that I don't usually have to do this time of year, and that is clean up a bunch of brush for um, for the next couple of days so that my neighbors don't uh, call the police on me. But I am glad to be here with you. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host and friend, Jesse Gistand, and uh, I hope that you are doing well as well. Um, listen, we have a lot to talk about today, um, and... Um, just thinking about something uh, relative to what be, will be coming up in the bottom of the hour um, around 530. And from 530 to 6 o'clock, we will be having an interview with Pastor Phil Howard of Valley Bible Church. If y'all know Brother Howard and have been uh, a frequent listener to this program for many years, as I have I, uh, then we know that uh, the unique um inimitable voice of Pastor Phil from Valley Bible Church in Pinot, California, one of our local guys born and raised in Richmond, California, knowing a lot about the whole Bay Area, will be with me, and we will actually be talking for the next half hour from 530 to 6 about a special event that will be taking place not too far from hence in November. I think it's going to be November 10th. He will correct me on that if that's the case. And we, what it's really going to be about is a listener appreciation day. So I really do want you to stay tuned into that conversation. You will be listening to two sage pastors. He would call me a pup, but uh, I told many of you, once we hit the tarmac after 50 years old, we are um, we are well within the sphere of uh, taking off for glory if we have packed our bags correctly. And so I am on the other side of that, thankfully so in many different ways. But uh, uh, Pastor Phil will be able to speak from himself for himself with regards to the many years that his sage wisdom has been employed to bless many of us with his messages. I'm actually excited to talk with him and then also to just talk about what we want to accomplish with regards to a conference. He has him and his team over at Valley Bible Church have thought about wanted to do with regards to you, our listening audience. And can you imagine that? So I'm just going to toss this vision out to you, and then I'm going to share with you an article I read earlier today for our spiritual nourishment and reflection until that time. Uh, Can you imagine an opportunity for us all to gather together? Yours truly, Jesse Gistin, Pastor Phil Howard, and whomever else might be part of this uh, magnificent KFAX 
ministry, local Bay Area ministry, because KFAX is part of a larger conglomerate conglomerate of uh, Salem Broadcasting. And uh, it's all over the nation, might even be all over the world now with the kind of technology we have. I do know that when we broadcast here at KFAX 1100 AM, we have the potential of not only covering all of Northern California, but significant parts of Southern California and certainly up into the Alaska area and wherever else. Uh, Craig Roberts, the multitasking, uh, we will call him all-purpose knife, He's the all-purpose knife around here, engineer slash janitor slash, <laughs> and also uh, longest-standing talk show host uh, in Christian radio, uh, making sure that the uh, signal gets uh, adequately uh, projected towards our listening and targeted audience whom we covet and love. So that you guys can listen to programming 24 hours a day. I, I remember it was about 10 or 11 years ago when I started. Uh, and, and a lot of the troubles that radio has when it's trying to push the boundaries, expand beyond and go beyond the outer limits where no man has gone before. What we call the proverbial broadcasting metaphor. And it um, it is surprisingly in concurrence with uh, the whole doctrine of Scripture. So the sowing of the seed is the broadcasting of the Word of God. And uh, many of us who have had the privilege of being part of that uh, significant, uh, unique event called radio now for many years are so thankful that God granted us the opportunity not only to get into that vehicle, but to be a part of that vehicle for a long time. That's what we want to talk about at the bottom of the hour. And what do I want you to do? I want you to lean into, press into our conversation. And I may very well have some open lines for you to call in and encourage uh, Pastor Phil as my as well as myself if you want to, but certainly Pastor Phil because I thought it was an ingenious idea. Just you know how uh, life is. It has all. It has these wonderful, surreptitious, and uh, uh, uncannily way of bringing about things that you could never really uh, imagine for yourself. Like many, many years ago, when I first started doing ministry as a extremely uh, poor, economically challenged. That's what they say. Don't call yourself poor, Pastor. Call yourself economically challenged, particularly raising eight kids with a wife living right down the street from Pastor Phil. Didn't know it. We actually lived in the same area. I was living off of California Street in Rodale, and he lived down the hill. Um, I always passed by his church as I was heading to my own. Uh, and I've been to the building a number of times for meetings over the years, never had an opportunity to meet Pastor Phil, but that's kind of the mystery of pastoring when you're busy. Uh, most of the time, what you guys get from us is our voice and message, and that's really all we want you to get. We don't particularly care if you see our face or get a chance to meet us in person. That's like extra uh, extra topping on the dessert if that does occur. Uh, And for both of us, we kind of pinch ourselves about how long we've been on the radio, just not even knowing that that would be possible. Um, So I'm thankful for it. I really am. And our our small congregation, um, our our folks, when we first started some 12 years ago, now maybe about 11 or 12, handful of us, uh, we just didn't think it was possible. And God made it possible every year. Increase in audience, increase in growth in the church. 
uh, increase in uh, people saying that they love the ministry. We have grace. Our growth, our development, our evolution of uh, proclamation and, and, and radical Christocentric proclamation committed to building you up in the faith, et cetera, all of that going on. Uh, and we, we, we know behind the scenes how challenging radio ministry is. That's some of what Pastor Phil and I will talk about relative to you. But mostly, um, we definitely want to kind of uh, give you guys an insight into um, the ministry there, Truth For Life. And then also, I'm just actually looking forward to it. This is the first time I'm talking about it. I think it's okay to talk about it. I didn't really uh, get all the full scoop on it. But a Listener Appreciation Day in November on the 10th uh, in Pinole at Valley Bible Church and. I am praying and hoping that every one of you who are listening will be able to make it. I know so many of you guys from the Vallejo area, from the uh, Pinot area, from the Richmond area, <clears throat> from the San Pablo area, uh, just so many from the Oakland area, Berkeley area. Hopefully our folks on this side will also make it out on that day. I don't know much about it. I only know this, that I will be um, a, a keynote speaker. And so I'm looking forward to preaching the word of God to you in a passionate way on that day. Um, but mostly just looking forward to worshiping with you guys. Can you imagine that we all under somebody's roof? Because <laughs> uh, all y'all can't leave y'all churches and come to, to mine because ours is just too small. But I think Brother Phil can handle it. If we can get a couple, two or 3,000 people out, that would be marvelous. So we're going to do what we can to, um, to stimulate you. Um, so I'm going to ask him the question. If y'all know me, y'all know I love people. But there's always this one nagging question in the back of my mind that uh, I have to know. It has to be present at this event, at this gala event, at this uh, gathering time of the saints. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Now, I'm really curious as to whether or not Brother Phil <clears throat> will be accommodating uh, all of us folks who will be gathering into uh, the, the quarters there. And the church is a very nice facility and it can it can hold a good capacity. I'm just I'm just wondering, you know, is it going to be there? Are we going to be able to do that? <laughs> If y'all know what I'm talking about. In any event, we'll get a chance to talk about those things at the bottom of the hour. And I'm going to press you on it. And as we move towards November uh, 10th, there will be a few more announcements. We're going to try to do all we can to let everybody in the Bay Area know about it. And then um, there will be some some uh, conversation right up on that week of November 10th um, as we move towards those dates. Just to remind you, because we want to see you and we want to have a good time together around um, our appreciating you for supporting us in so many ways around um, the gospel and the grace of God and the ministry. Um, let me say this, because this was on my mind since yesterday, as I had the uh, privilege of preaching the gospel and moving out into a post-church experience of hanging out with my brothers and sisters uh, on the radio uh, and um, on the radio at the church and, and doing some reflection on what ministry looks like for grace uh, over the next three months as we move towards the Advent season of our Lord's birth. Um, as we celebrate it and uh, just thinking about how blessed I am to be able to preach the gospel unfettered to uh, a group of people who are not afraid of the scriptures and certainly not afraid of the poignant kind of preaching that presses into the soul and pushes us into God at the level of transformation, which is critically needed in our generation. Uh, I mean, real authentic gospel preaching because you don't change by any other kind of preaching, but gospel preaching. Um, that's a 
topic all by itself. But in reality, until Christ is exalted and made known in the proclamation of the gospel and the spirit of God takes that truth and really begins to work on your heart and mind and bring us to that place of humble desire to be like him, because to know him is to love him. Um, you, we're wasting our time in church. Okay. That's the bottom line. But anyhow, I get home and, uh, no one's at the house about four thirty. Now, you know what that means when you get home and no one's at the house, not even my wife. I don't know where she was, but as I was driving up and didn't see her car, I said to myself, goody, 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 got in the house. Went downstairs to my man cave, kicked off my shoes, opened up my package of barbecue, ribs, links, and sausage, uh, and cut the TV on, because you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to catch the last part of the football game, because that's just what some of us do, have to do it, have to find out what's going on. I'm not going to give you all the scores. I know my football aficionado brother, and I already know all about it. I just like the game for the game's sake, so I love all my local teams, but uh, 49ers got problems, and the Raiders are ticking me off right about now. Uh, But what really got to me, which is what I just want to bring to the table for you as a thought, uh, and then I'm going to read an article after the break, and at 5.30 we'll be talking with Pastor Phil. Um, it was a game that Vi- uh, Vice President <clears throat> uh, Pence attended where the 49ers were playing. And I was like, thankful. Wow, look at that. Our Vice President attending a game where the 49ers are playing, and uh, and he noticed that many of the players, either on both teams or at least on one team, uh, were kneeling in support of 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 Colin Kaepernick's real issue with um, what's been going on in terms of abuse of police officers and law enforcement towards African Americans. And to my surprise, my chagrin, my disappointment, he removes himself from the game and departs from the game. And not only did he leave, but he let people know why he left. And that is to say he was disappointed and didn't want to be in an environment where other people were dishonoring the flag. And I'm thinking, and I I want to hear from you at least in the second hour, in the top of the hour, when we move into the six o'clock hour, I'm thinking it's completely unkind of the president, the vice president to have done that to the fans. This is just my opinion. See, when you're the president and the vice president, you are the president and vice president of all the people. Even the folks that didn't vote for you, even the liberals, even the progressives, even the folks that want this country to be something else other than what anybody else wants it to be. If they are here as law abiding citizens, if they were born here, if they are actually United States citizens, it doesn't matter because our Constitution acknowledges them as real persons relative to being part of this country. And they have all of the same uh, Bill of Rights and constitutional rights. The rest of us do. And when you are the leader, the head uh, uh, of, of a group of people or an institution to say the same, you have to represent all of them. I don't think that Mr. Mike Pence, Vice President Mike Pence, should have left. I think he should have stayed. I think he should have represented how he felt the flag should have been honored. Let him stand. Let him hold his hand over his heart and represent the flag. He would have represented a major constituency of those who were in the stands. Think about this, Vice President. 
And by the way, Trump uh, tweeted, as he does often, I I just wonder about the prudence of tweeting. One of the things I said in our message yesterday, if we're going to be mature believers, we got to know how to exercise prudent speech. You can't be telling people everything all the time about how you feel. That's not wise. And I don't really think that the president should have given kudos to the vice president as if the two, you know, have to let everybody in the world know that they are in agreement on everything, which... That's not possible because you're not always in agreement with yourself. But I mean, you know, beside that, my point is, I thought that it was just not wise. I thought it was a bad example of what we should be exercising, particularly the mature and leadership. And that is necessarily necessary tolerance of a dispute that we cannot avoid. This is a dispute, ladies and gentlemen, that we cannot avoid. And we should be exercising the greatest of tolerance so that a door can open up for civil discourse around some complex issues that we all know in truth exists. And so, uh, you know, thirdly, uh, the ability for the vice president to demonstrate a stable, unmovable uh, disposition of leadership in relationship to a citizenry that he took the job because he knew we have problems. The president took the job because he knew we had problems. You don't get moved by a handful of people saying we got problems. That's like that's like, you know, being moved by your child. Uh, when 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 they want attention and all it is is that they want attention, you still love them. You have provided for them. You've put a roof over their head. They've got all they need because of the grace and and supply of God's mercy. For those of you who are parents as supervisors over the kids, y'all know what I'm saying. We can't be moved every time one of the kids say something, holler or scream. Um, now, it would be one thing if all of the kids did. On any given day, if all eight of my kids were to scream, the police would be rushing to my house in a hot second. But if one screams, you know what I used to do? I used to just listen for a while to see if it was authentic. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because if it wasn't authentic, then not responding, they would just whimper on down and then go back to their mischief. (laughs) And so I'm saying sometimes mature people have to stand back and let um, the, the whimpering and the crying and the, the uh, acting out take place, and then it peters out. That's exactly right. And I think our president and vice president need to really understand that discretion, that judgment, that prudence relative to our country's need for them to actually be pressed into far more significant matters, not to avoid these matters, but to be pressed into far more significant matters. Our country should not feel like you can blow And both the president and vice president be moved. That is not what we call gravitas. That's not what we call substance. And leaders ought to be men of substance, of depth, of concrete, foundational, immovable substance because they have their principles right. This is what is called being grown up. And uh, so there you go. (laughs) I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to share an article with you that I thought was also moving. Here's the title of it. It's called, Do You Resent? The life that God has given you. It's written by a sister. And I just want you to think about it with me as we reflect upon how sometimes selfish we can get. This might even apply even to the folks who are having their issue with uh, the flag. But do you resent the life God has given you? This is coming from a woman's perspective. So y'all lean into it when we come back. And then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to get at it with Brother Phil. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I am loving being alive and alive in Christ. I hope you are as well. We'll be right back. 
And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are back the time 525 on this illustrious Monday evening. It happens to be August 12th, August 9th. 2017, um, October, sorry, October 9th, 2017. It's getting dim in here. Do you resent the life that God has given you? Her name is, let me see, can I find her name? I definitely want to read that before I am done. Her name is, let's see here, what is her name? Oh, I'll have to get it later. But I do want to read her article. Do you resent the life that God has given you, she says. Let's see here. This is what it says. I quote, I sat in a restaurant booth across from my husband, but I was distracted by the couple sitting nearby. So this is a dinner scenario that we are reading here. As I watched them smiling, enjoying their massive plate of gluten and dairy-filled food, while my body ached and stomach churned, resentment began to rise up in me. I bet they can eat whatever they want and not feel miserable afterwards. How nice it must be to enjoy a date and not be distracted by a pain-wrecked body and a trail of heavy trials that follow you everywhere you go. Rather than enjoying a rare night out with my husband, I found myself spiraling down into self-pity over how hard my life has been and how easy life seems to be for so many people around me. Before long, God in his kindness jolted me out of my pity party and made me see how ridiculous comparing the messy inside of my life to the seemingly pain-free outside of this unknown couple. I don't know their story. I don't know the heartache or scars behind those smiles. I don't know whether they are joyful in Jesus or ignorantly happy in their blindness. They weren't the problem. My own heart was. So she now goes into recognizing resentment. And this is so important with the question, do you resent the life that God gave you? And I want to talk about that in the second hour. She says, though I hate to admit it, resentment is a subtle but real temptation in my heart, especially during times of deep pain and sorrow. Over time, I've learned how how important it is to recognize this temptation when it comes so that when I start to go down that path, I can take steps to realign my heart with the truth. Thankfully, God has shown us exactly what it looks like. Psalm 73 temporarily travels the road of resentment towards the wicked whose lives seem to be going so well. If you guys remember that by Asaph, he made it clear. When I looked upon the life of the wicked, I was envious at their prosperity, he said. Behold, she says, behold, these are the wicked and they are always at ease. They increase in their riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocency for all the day long. I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. He's going on and on. By God's grace, she says, the psalm doesn't get stuck there. As it continues, God shows us how to turn from a resentful heart to a grateful heart. And then she goes on to talk about things that we must do in order to overcome that. The first thing one must do is trust what God says. And not what you see. Trust what God says and not what you see. I agree with her, don't you? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. When I thought, the psalmist goes on to say, how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. If we try to make sense of our circumstances or compare our circumstances to others, we will inevitably feel like we drew the short end of the straw. We will always find someone who seems to have had an easier life, a better job, healthier body, (laughs) uh, what we long for and we can't have. 
As we repent of resentment, God brings us back to the truth of who he is and what he has promised. Therefore, like the psalmist, we need to stop trying to understand what is beyond what God has revealed and instead trust the loving purposes of our Father, which he has spoken by filling ourselves with the truth of his word. I agree with that 100%. As we do this in prayer, our resentment may melt into gratitude as we remember that no painful circumstance in this world can compare to a hopeless eternity a hopeless eternity apart from Jesus. Whoa. She flipped it, didn't she? Because Romans chapter eight says no suffering at the present time can be compared to the glory, which shall be revealed in us. Y'all remember that text, right? And this is how you weigh the temporary sufferings of this life over against the eternal bliss and blessing and benefits and beatitudes that will be draped in when we become one with Christ in the ultimate sense and stand in the presence of the ineffable bliss of the Father and the Spirit for all eternity. Believers have it good. But she just stated that nothing can be compared to the sufferings of this time and then are the pleasures of this time and then an eternity without God. See now how we should be able to view those who don't know God? Feeling sorry for them because they do get to have their good things now in many ways. She says, not only are we to trust what God says, but we are to also confess our resentment. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in my heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. That's Psalm 73, 21, 22. Ladies and gentlemen, read that whole Psalm. It's just massive in dealing with when we get stuck looking at others. I call it the horizontal dilemma. She goes on to say, just as the psalmist realizes his resentment was ultimately directed towards God, my resentful feelings toward the couple near me was really a cover for my resentment towards God. This is true. I might as well have said it to him. I don't believe you're doing what's best for me, and I don't trust your plan. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, just tell the truth. Don't we think that way sometimes? Anyhow, she goes on to say, when we are suffering and feel resentment towards those who are not, or when we resent others for having something we don't have. Our feelings are rooted in some form of unbelief towards God. You go, girl. We are either believing he's not good, and if he was truly good, he would not deny me what I want, or he is not in control. And if he was truly sovereign, (laughs) he could have prevented this from happening in my life. Is she laying it down or what? Let me close with the last statement that she says, even though she says a few other things. Tell him your sorrows. Tell him your sorrows. I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you will receive me up in the glory. She's quoting again Psalm 73, 23 to 28, where the psalmist has overcome his horizontal dilemma by going to church. And being in a place where, as I have stated so many times, even ad nauseum, that true worship is worship of the Father through the Son by the Holy Ghost, with God being exalted in Christ as the Ark of the Covenant was in the temple, where everybody is focused on the Holy of Holies because of the God of justice and mercy, righteousness and peace, being able to reconcile sinners like us to himself by the blood of the Lamb. She realizes that God has solved her problems. She goes on to say, Christian, if you find yourself battling bitterness, resentment, or anger toward what God has chosen for your life and how unfair it feels, I encourage you to lift your eyes to our loving Savior, 
who knows your pain, struggles, and heartaches. Nothing on this earth compares to knowing Christ and enjoying him now and having the sure hope of eternity with him. When you feel tempted towards resentment and you feel the weight of your circumstances threatening to crush you, remember... That though your heart and flesh may fail, God is the strength of your heart and your portion forever. He will faithfully guide you with his promises and counsel until that day when he receives you into glory. We can honestly say there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. A grateful heart has replaced a resentful one, and the circumstances that once brought resentment may be the very means God uses to show us his worth and satisfy our restless souls. Bless you, my sister. I will find out your name and let everybody know you need to be honored. Great words, great words from a sister out there wanting to holler at her sisters over here. And I hope those of you who are listening, particularly our ladies, although we all go through this, um, are encouraged. Your issues aren't that bad. They aren't that difficult. I'm going to take a break, and then when I come back, I'm going to holler at my man, Brother Phil, who is on the line. We will be right back. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm glad to be in your house. I trust you are, too. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. The time, 538 on the line with me. I trust he is there. Pastor Phil, are you there? I'm there. Good, good. You? I'm great. I um, I hope this is not a bad time to call you. Is it, is it all right for us to chat for a little while? It's okay. Good. I heard you were out of town uh, a, a while ago. Uh, I hope that was a, a pleasant meeting. I just went to Brooklyn Tab to learn how to sing. <laughs> Are you telling the <laughs> truth? how to worship like those people. Okay, no, no, okay, and and where did you go? Oh, you went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Brooklyn Tab. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, you know. And they have a music conference every year, Uh so I went with about 14 of our choir people and went to a music conference. Did it? I went to one a couple of years ago at an actual Bible conference. It was called Cutting It Straight with a young man that's that's moving more towards a real expository form of preaching. His name is called H.B. Charles Jr. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I have heard H.B. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was with him a couple years ago with some of our ministry team, and we had a chance to meet with Bob Coughlin. He was teaching music ministry there, and I got a whole lot out of it. How was that trip for you guys? It was good. It's, I've been back several times. It was inspirational and, you know, an impossible ministry when you can't find off-street parking and have to take a subway, and you have to do downtown ministry in Brooklyn. Uh, only God could pull that off. Only God. Listen, and, and New so, York uh, New York is complicated, but I love it. I You guys didn't have to do that kind of traveling, did you? Uh, no, well, we did some days we walk 20,000 steps. Mm-hmm. You got to walk everywhere. That's right. This is true. This is true. I, I was this is to true. I'm going to get back to the Bay Area where I could drive my car. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's do something here because I am actually privileged to have you on the line for a number of reasons just because uh, you're one of my heroes and uh, I love talking to my upline heroes. Um, tell us, uh, Pastor Phil, um, about about the ministry truth for life because i just really want the audience first to kind of resonate is this the truth for life that comes on on the weekends and i used to hear him early in the mornings uh is that the one to uh, let everybody know about truth for life well uh it's truth for today truth for today well there you go we'll change your life is our goal uh we started in 1999 
and I, it's an amazing story. I had to uh, be hospitalized for a surgery, and during that time, Ron Allen uh, met with my executive pastor, and, and uh, Chuck Audibodier may have been there, and uh, they talked, and uh, we'd always had the desire to be on the radio. And uh, while I was in the hospital, they made the arrangements about the time I got out. We were on two foot a day, started on Saturdays, and uh, eventually went on Sundays, then went Monday through Fridays, and now we're on several stations. And uh, we're on radio 16 times a week in the Bay Area because they desperately need a word from God. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, for since 1999 up to this point, then um, if I got my numbers right, it's been almost 18 years. You're right. Um, so, so have you ever done? I you, you, 97. Matter of fact, it's really 97. Uh huh. Been 20 years exactly. 20 so years. June of 97. So, and you've been 20 years on KFAX. Yes. Okay. So let me ask the question. Have you ever thought about before or have you ever done it? Because I, you know, I'm, I'm always a part of or attending the, the pastor's conference that we do, pastor appreciation uh, uh, conferences every year right around November. I don't know when it is this year, but it's going to be close around those times. And I thought that was masterful by by um, by, by, by Ron when, when Ron was running the station back in that day to do a, a pastor's conference because our pastors definitely need encouragement. But I have not heard of um, ever maybe you can help me with this, a Listener Appreciation Day. No, I haven't. And so that means you got, this would be the first one that we would be trying to launch this year, 2017. Well, we had one, um, I believe that was last year. As a matter of fact, we had one on uh, speaking, and uh, I think this is our second. Okay, good. Good, good. Celebration. Awesome. Listen here, I'm going to take a break, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I don't know if you're on a cell phone or a landline, but i got to get a landline because we're breaking up or um, we got to get into a better spot. Is that possible? That's fine. Would you like... um you want to use a landline for me? I think, do you think that would be better? Yeah, let's try a landline because you were breaking up on me and I really don't want the audience missing our dialogue. So I'm going to take a break and um, you can talk with Jarrell about reconnecting on a landline so we can finish our discussion. Okay. All right, hold on. So you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Obviously, you you know my voice. You also may know the inimitable voice of Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church. And the ministry we are talking about is truth for today. Uh, I'm going to have to write Alistair Begg a letter and, and, and ask for an apology. But truth for today. And we have uh, just discussed the 20 years of their ministry there. And we are talking about uh, KFAX uh, appreciation, listener appreciation uh, Uh, gathering and conference on November 10th. So press into our conversation. When we come back, we want to get to know Phil a little bit more and then kind of just talk about the conference. And uh, we're going to take a break now, but we'll be right back on the other side of the break in about a minute and a half. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back the time, 549. Uh, Pastor Phil, did we get a better and more solid line? I think so. Oh, man, you sound good now. You sound good. good. (laughs) 
<laughs> you I, I take all the help I can get. Absolutely. I would, too. We, it sounds great. And after all, the whole objective is to be able to carry the word as far and as broad as we possibly can. The, the ministry of preaching and teaching, as you would quickly affirm, uh, uh, is something that is just uh, an unspeakable gift, full of glory, uh, and we are not deserving of it. But here, God has chosen in His mercy uh, to take a couple of voices like ours and uh, and allow it to be magnified by the uh, the science and blessing of radio. And and what I really want to ask about it f- uh, from your personal experience back twenty years ago, now up to now. Um, how how has radio uh, ministry uh, impacted you um, from that time to now with regards to its import, its influence, its impact, et cetera? I'm sure the listening audience would like to know from a pastor's perspective. Well, I think one of the, the great motives uh, is our belief that if you sow the Word of God, all all God holds me responsible for is so that uh, sow the word, and He alone can give a crop. And here was one of our, I think, desires, is that you've got some magnificent uh, Bible teachers uh, on the on the scene today. Right. I mean, between the MacArthur's, the Jeremiah's, and the Swindalls, and and different ones, you think, well, why would I want to go on? The big reason was I thought God wants his people to belong to a local church in the Bay Area. He doesn't just want to uh, send an offering to a radio preacher and never show up. Could we not have a radio broadcast and offer people who are unchurched, uh, de-churched, uninvolved, uh, hey, come to a local church in your area, with a boy that grew up in Richmond, California, Indeed. lived in this Bay Area all my life, grew up on the streets of San Pablo and Richmond and learned to live for God 10 miles north of Berkeley campus. Hey, I know this area. I grew up. I grew up with blacks and whites from the South and the Midwest. Say, I know this culture, and I starved when I started this church. Give me a church that will teach the Bible and not apologize. Right. Uh, I grew up in churches that we had great blessings, and we could shout, and uh, we we could sing all night. Absolutely. But we had few Bible teachers. Yes. Uh, and so I thought, I want to go back where I grew up and sow the Word of God and get to sow it on radio, and that's been the biggest blessing. Many families have come to us who heard us first on KFAX. They heard us, and they came, and now I get to be their pastor. I know it's been a phenomenal thing for us. I didn't I didn't have any idea what that was about. And like you, actually, I, I had a whole lot of more misgivings about going on radio for just a ton of reasons. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're vulnerable at a certain point when, when now more than just the local folks in your church can hear you, uh, you know, bless the, bless the flock who can put up with their pastor. But now their pastor's idiosyncratic ways will be now dispersed abroad. <laughs> all over the Bay Area. All over the Bay Area. I remember, I remember, and I think I told you this when we first met. Uh, I, as I was a young pup living in Rodale, uh, I, I ran a construction cleanup business, and I was uh, I had t- 
a, a lot of the restaurants that were developing around there, Applebee's and and Red Robin and and, and uh, Olive Garden, and of course the uh, restaurant we had a chance to eat at um, over there by the by the bridge. Um, those were all spots for me where as a, uh, a janitor, actually uh, one of the prominent positions was window cleaning. And so the window cleaner is like Spider-Man. He comes and goes. And the only thing you see is the evidence, either a spider web for me is clean windows because you got to get in and you got to get out. But I remember coveting. Uh, Saturday mornings are early mornings where I could hear sound teaching because whether people know it or not, the pastor has to be fed too. Yes, sir. And I used to covet listening to just a down to earth, simple, deep pressing with all of the historical experiences that a mature man would have to be able to share with a young man. Uh, I just love listening to the program. I love listening to Truth For Today in a, in a solitude where I can just have my soul nurtured. And so it was just a tremendous, it was a tremendous blessing. And it still is. You, you, uh, you, you minister to me on my way to church every Sunday morning at 830, every Sunday morning at 830. But you don't have to prepare. You just outline what I say and, and send me an offer. <laughs> there we go. I I have been taught long ago that uh, I, there's nothing original with me, and so if oh. I borrow it, I'll give you credit for it, and uh, we can we can share the revenues. Absolutely. Listen, good. Well, we we should have employed you years ago to be our rep. Because <laughs> when I met you, I found out. And you gave your testimony of how many years you've been listening. Yeah. I thought, here you lived in my town, and I never met you, and thank God for Andy Froyland that got right. us together. That's right. No, it's it's the serendipity of life, and I, I think sometimes, you know, God does a whole bunch of stuff with pastors on the backside of the mountain before they have any kind of real significant, uh, um, you know, visible presence. And he certainly has done that with me, with, with many men that I thought I would never meet. Um, uh, you know, even some of the prominent pastors that you're, you're talking about on the radio, MacArthur and others, I've got a chance to meet them. Uh, and, but I take great joy in being able to know my local pastor brethren. I really, I just take significant joy in it because I agree with you, uh, pastor Phil, that at the end of the day, after people listen to us on radio, um, if they don't have the ability to come be part of our work, we've only done half the job. And, and the other part of that job is just as essential as the uh, proclamation of the word. And that is the mutual communion and fellowship and worshiping together and doing ministry together um, with people who end up uh, coming and being part of our church. And I am so thankful that we've had that blessing with uh, KFAX as well. Now, let's talk about Let's talk about the conference because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost in the dark in it. Other than that, I'm giddy about being able to be a part of it. Um, what, what, what's the objective and what is the goal and how can we uh, spur our listening audience to uh, to participate in it uh, when when that day comes? Well, uh, it's basically to give people an opportunity uh, to meet the voice. You know, a lot of times I've had people meet me and say, boy, I've heard your voice. I thought you were a black man. <laughs> or I thought you... And they finally see a face. One guy told me years ago I should go on radio because I had a face made for radio. <laughs> and so they finally put a face with the voice and just say, hey, we want to feed you a meal. Uh, we're going to do some music. Uh, 
I'm going to play my own instrument. I'm a guitar player. Okay. And got a band that okay. we're going to play. Okay. And do some down home stuff. Please do. And, and we're just going to. It's going to be trying to get next to them. Uh, as you know, uh, for every person who hears you on the radio, if one out of a hundred even writes, absolutely. You, uh, you, you, it's a miracle. So listeners, please write. Just let us know you're out there. But we said, hey, come. We'll feed you a meal. Uh, we want you to know we have nothing. I love what it was said of uh, Spurgeon one time. Uh, someone asked to write his biography, and he said, write it in the heavens, for we have nothing to hide. Amen. And so we want to say, come to a transparent ministry that's been here 46 years. And uh, if we were crooks, we would have been found out by now. A long time ago. Out here, we love the Word. We love this community. And we like to be good to you. And we like to get next to you, and you'll find that we're an embracing group. And so we'd like to show you a good time and come in here at Jessica Stan, who's going to be our guest speaker that night. And you hear this voice all the time. So the guest speaker uh, is going to be a bonus. It'd be worth your time. You're just going to be treated well. You're going to feel love, and you're going to hear a great exhortation from the word from Jesse. Listen, can 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 you stay with me for a little bit longer? Is that okay? Sure. Here's what sure. I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I actually want um, our callers to call in who know uh, tr- uh, uh, truth for today and have heard uh, Pastor Phil Howard for many, many years. I want you to call one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Fill up the phone lines. I just want you guys to um, to 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 call and say hello to Pastor Phil. Um, and if you guys can make it out, you know, let us know because we're going to push this for the purpose of getting together and and being with each other and uh and worshiping and singing praises and and hymns and songs and and hearing the uh words and exhortations of uh, pastor phil and i don't know what i'm gonna preach that night but i'm looking forward to preaching uh uh for for the listener appreciation uh evening uh uh, pastor phil um so we're gonna take some calls one triple eight three six seven five three two nine y'all call in and holler at me and pastor phil so that we can uh we know you guys are listening to us even even now. So I'm going to keep you over for another segment, uh, Pastor, and we're going to chat a little bit with the audience and uh, just do a little bit more bannering, and then I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you back uh, on the West Coast with us. I love the East Coast, but I love the West Coast better. I love being at home for all of the uh, unique blessings that being at home merits us, and we're glad to have you back. So I'm going to take a break right now, one 367 Eight three six seven five three two nine. Give us a call. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.